1: hey guys and welcome to another episode of get home safe it is wednesday june 17th 2020 you know what wednesday means he's back bill barnes back again for the weekly wednesday weigh in the former retired police officer is here every single wednesday he's also a retired college baseball umpire he has plenty to say as always we're going to sit down here shortly and record with Bill. Uh, really enjoy him coming on the program every single Wednesday. He's been a great addition. He brings, he definitely uh, spices up the program in the middle of the week for us. We'll say that. He has strong opinions, very uh, strong language. So beware out there for those listening with uh, with young children maybe. But anyway, Bill's here with us. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Looking forward to recording with him uh, he, uh, he's going to bring it he brings it hard and we, we are excited about that. Looking forward to that. We'll be w- with Bill Barnes real, uh, here shortly. A couple thoughts f- that I have this morning is, you know, uh, Monday, one of my favorite, uh, radio shows, podcasters, uh, just journalists, uh, it, as you well know, is Clay Travis who works for Fox sports radio, Jason Whitlock joined outkick the coverage, not necessarily as a Uh, co-host or anything but he's outkick the coverage is not just a radio show but it's also they have a podcast they have outkick.com which is their website where they put out columns and articles and so jason whitlock uh, left the television show speak for yourself recently and he's joining with uh, clay travis and going to be a contributor to outkick the coverage i'm really excited about that i really enjoy clay's opinions and how he kind of uh, talks and brings in conversation and, and debate and different opinions about uh, current events especially and how sports really uh, is tied into current events and all those things. Some people think he gets a little too maybe political and doesn't talk about sports, but I think it's all related, especially these days when there's not much sports going on. Um, he's a former lawyer, or went to law school at least, something like that. But uh, Jason Whitlock joining the program, he joined the program on Monday morning was there for most of it, talked with Clay Travis, just about to everything under the sun, really, and kind of some of their goals for the near future, uh, where they'd like to take, outkick the coverage. Again, not just the radio show that's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. on the West Coast, but also Jason Woodlock going to have a podcast. He's going to be a contributor writing articles, and, and it was really cool to hear both of them talk. Uh, I think it's a great uh, – Union will say the two of them joining up together. Uh, there's plenty of skeptics out there, I'm sure, who uh, who who have their strong opinions on Whitlock and of course Clay Travis. But I'm a huge fan of both of them. I really appreciate their their uh, outside the box thinking. They they go against the grain. I think a lot of times, especially in media and sports media, so I appreciate that. Uh, and, and I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of what do you want to call it? Let's say uh, just I get a lot of influence from them and not just them, but other guys in the business as well. And and again, I'm just some amateur podcaster. I'm nowhere near those guys, but I love listening to them, learning a few things. I think it's going to be great for the program. Um, it'll turn some people off, but you know what? I think the people that, 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 audience has, it'll continue to grow and be a really good thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Another podcaster who's very famous that I get a lot of influence from, maybe not influence, I shouldn't say that, but I love listening to him uh, because it just gives me, I don't know, it's like, man, this is the best in the business. I, I hope that I can try to get a little bit better at what I do. But Adam Carolla, he had a great live podcast over the weekend in Nashville, Tennessee, and Clay Traps was actually with him during that amongst a few other people. And it was hilarious. I think it posted on Monday, the 15th, I think it was, but man, it was hilarious. He had all these people on stage and just talking, you know, and, and talking about woke celebrities. And it was really funny. Just, he, he's a guy. I, I love his, What all the things he talks about on his shows, he has some great interviews, but you know, he's a comedian at heart. And, I like the things he says, man. He just he doesn't take any BS from anybody, and he calls it out for what it is. So he he's a great podcaster. He he's among the best. He has the most downloads. Uh, he's somewhat, you know, I don't need to tell you guys how how great he is. But man, he's uh he's right up there among the the best in the business, if not the best in the business. Really appreciate listening to him. Uh, when I listened to Clay Travis and Jason Whitlock on Monday morning, there was a quote that Whitlock shared with everybody. He was talking about, you know, the mob out there and uh, just how, you know, the, everybody wants to uh, speak out and feel good on social media and have all these things that, uh, okay, okay, maybe your heart's in the right place, but you know, we got to be careful the direction that we uh, approach some of these things. And, And he, he gave a quote from Winston Churchill and, I had to look it up afterward after the show, just to make sure the words were hundred percent dead on, but it's uh, this is from Winston Churchill. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. I thought that was great. I thought I was like, man, Winston Churchill, who's, who's actually one of my favorite, uh, fa- well, I guess favorite, his, uh, historical figures, a non-American, but what he did for, for England during the world war two and, and, you know, his leadership defeating tyranny in, in Nazi Germany and in really standing up to those guys and, and defending what's kind of the last defense of Europe and then of course America joined the war too. But I thought that was a great quote. It was a quote that, you know, spoke to me as far as people, especially in social media, they wanna they wanna try to, you know, do the right thing. They want their opinion to matter more than others. You know, uh people sometimes think by pushing a button that makes them brave and i'm just like uh, come on guys like <laughs> are are you, you just want to be part of the club or do you want to like try to make real change that's that's what i feel and yeah you could sit there and mock me oh matt you're doing the same thing with a podcast all right whatever i mean but i think man social media is so interesting and we have it all here on the on the podcast and i have some personal accounts as well but it's just interesting these days that it's become this this tool really to Give your opinion and think that because you give an opinion, you're like, you should be worshipped. The celebrities are the worst. And that was why with the Adam Carolla I brought that up. He brought up some celebrities' quotes and was hey, they were playing a game with which celebrity said it, and it was hilarious. And the and the quotes they were saying didn't seem real. But celebrities play that game all the time where they want to speak out and be like, you know, use their platform for good. But, but all they're doing is pandering. They're just trying to appease everybody. And it's like, hey, hey, I'm against this or whatever. It could be any subject. doesn't have to be today's uh, controversies we have. But but you know what I'm trying to say. I mean, I love that. An appeaser is one who feeds a crocodile, hoping it will eat him last. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, guess what? When when crocodile runs out of food, runs out of, of things you're feeding him or other people, he's probably not going to care that you fed him all those years. He's going after you. So I don't know if that is uh meaningful to you guys as it was for me, but but I thought it was great for for some of the people that just they they want to be part of this mob culture we're in right now, this cancel culture, as we've spoken on many times. I, I thought that was really relevant to me. So I thought I'd share it with you guys. Additionally, there's this movie, and I and all you all you guys out there are gonna groan at me as soon as I say this. Uh I've seen it once. Uh, (laughs) Don't hear me out. Just hear me out. It's one of my favorite quotes. Actually, Uh, it's the movie "Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass." Okay, are you guys done laughing? Okay, it's Matthew McConaughey, and he basically plays this uh, party guy, womanizer, whatever. And his brother's getting married, and uh, it's kind of goofy. But he they they're at the wedding, or the you know the night before the wedding, whatever. And the rehearsal dinner, I think, and and basically the night before the wedding, all the ghosts of his girlfriend, all his uh, ex girlfriends, show up in ghost form, and it's kind of a, it's a goofy movie. Michael Douglas is in it; he makes a scene, uh, really cool. It's kind of his a uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey was Michael Douglas's protege or whatever the case may be. But anyway, well, the quote goes: Matthew McConaughey is at this this table for the rehearsal dinner, and they want him to speak, and he's he's slamming back some scotches. And, uh, he talks, he talks about, uh, marriage and to be clear, I don't feel this way about marriage, (laughs) but it's a funny statement he makes. And he's like, marriage, I can't support, I can't support all this. This is an, this should have been abolished years ago. This is (laughs) talking about marriage. Again, I don't feel this way, but the part of the quote I want to share is he goes, this is all magical comfort food for the weak and uneducated. Sure, it makes you feel all warm and relevant, and there's plenty more of it that, that he goes into. But I always thought that was great when he said it. Again, a, in a different context, of course, because, yes, I support marriage, and I'm very happy for all my friends, and, and uh, you yeah, know, one day I'll be there as well myself. But I thought it was really funny uh, because a lot of things these days, that's what it seems like. Sure, it's magical comfort food, It makes you feel warm and all relevant. Sometimes pushing a button makes you feel that way. I feel good. Look what I did. Look how I contributed. I feel warm and relevant, guys. And then what? You push a button. You give your little two cents. And I'm not against people saying their opinions on social media. I, I love opinions on social media. But it feels like sometimes... People find their opinion matters more than others, and we're like, these are opinions; these are not like facts. <laughs> uh, Bill Barnes, he's on today, and and you know, Bill Barnes, he he puts out plenty of posts on Facebook, and uh, I'm sure those who follow him, you ever, you either love him or hate him, uh, much like his podcast uh, episodes we've had. So, social media and just this cancel culture that we continue to be in. Uh, it drives me crazy, and, and deep down, I think that's what it is. Some people feel a uh, true desire for change and, and really feel passionate about some things, but other people, just jumping on board, got to say they're their uh, – what was the fancy? I can't – I forgot the term even. Uh, uh, virtue signaling, that's right. Uh, fancy word. Again, fancy word that is, uh, makes you feel good, makes you feel all warm and relevant, but, but uh, does it really matter? Are you really doing anything? So – Again, I'm not bashing people. I post things. I like things. I share things. But I think so many people are just glued to social media and thinking that their opinions are going to change the world. And uh, hey, to those that want to change the world, I'm not knocking anyone who does. I'm just saying uh, we need to do more than just things that make us feel all warm and relevant. I think that's important. Well, with that said, let's get right to Bill Barnes. Let's not waste any more time. He's here every Wednesday, and I know he's fired up. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we will get right to the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Barnes. Well, another happy Wednesday to everyone out there listening. It is June 17th, 2020. We are happy to bring you another episode of the Weekly Wednesday Weigh-In with our guest, none other than the one and only Bill Barnes. Bill, welcome back to the program.
0: It's always good to be here in the Eastvale 101 studios live. Well, not live, but 3.30 in the (laughs) afternoon on a Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, anticipating that the sun will come up tomorrow Wednesday and our show will be heard, uh, the way our luck has been lately, who the fuck knows? There could be a meteor that hits us tonight and we'll all be dead. So let's just uh, let's just keep praying that uh, tomorrow comes, the sun comes up.
1: Yeah, live tonight like it's the last. Right? That's all we. That's all you can do. That's all we can do. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, I wish other people could live uh, that method we'll say uh it'd be nice if major league baseball did what they were supposed to do or what they could do and get on the get on the damn field and play some baseball what a concept bill and you know what it was uh just under a week ago probably last thursday at the major league baseball draft that a lot of money went into and uh, all this great draft picks of these college and high school players where the beloved co- commissioner of major league baseball said 100 percent, we will have a season and there's been a little backpedaling lately, hasn't there, Bill?
0: Well, yeah. Uh, Manfred, who has no baseball background, the guy's a Harvard lawyer. And we know what Harvard lawyers are. They're educated idiots. And in this particular situation, when he was going to become commissioner, you know, he was handpicked by Bud Selig. And we all know that the commissioner of baseball is voted on and elected by the owners so the 32 owners of Major League Baseball uh, decide to implement this Manfred guy who about the only glove he ever put on to use was a badminton glove. And I'm not bashing badminton, okay? But but I actually played badminton, and I was a um, – you're going to laugh at this, but I was a intramural mixed doubles champion at Riverside Community College in 1979. So I do know badminton. Badminton's a great game. And even he would probably not do very well at that game. So when I say he put a glove on to play badminton, I'm being very facetious. The guy has no baseball background, okay? He couldn't hit water if he fell out of a fucking boat, all right? And this guy is in it to be the owner's bitch because, as we all know, last week during the draft, he said he was 100% sure baseball was going to be played. And if need be, he would have implemented – a schedule and he would have invoked his commissioner power and made a season go. Well, let's fast forward four days to last night on ESPN. He tells, um, Mike, uh, green, Greenberg, the, uh, the guy hosting the show that he's very doubtful. And it's, and it's, a, and in his words, a tragedy, um, that there may not be baseball. Well, you're the fucking commissioner. You know, take the bull by the horns. And if you're going to piss off off the owners, piss them off. The problem is he doesn't want to piss them off because that's his meal ticket. He's making about $25 million a year as the commissioner of baseball. He is not going to do anything to put his job in jeopardy. So we know where his allegiance is. The players know that. They know it better than anybody else. So they've been capping on him. They've been having a... uh, a, uh, online, uh, tweeting fiasco with him, calling him everything, but, uh, sliced bread. And he is taking the brunt of this. Now, if I was making $25 million a year, I probably wouldn't give a shit either, but, uh, he's the commissioner and he needs to do the right thing. He's not doing it. And regardless of baseball, baseball's played this year, uh, which highly, it looks doubtful. Um, if it, if it is or isn't, he needs to go. He needs to be replaced. You need a commissioner in there that's fair and impartial, and I don't give a shit if the owners hire him, the players hire him, or if Joe Shit, the rag man, hires him. You need, an, you need a commissioner in there uh, that will do the right thing. Bud Seelig, you know, at the end of the day, he was pretty decent. He tried to do the right thing, and he did the right thing. There's been commissioners in the past, Uberoff, uh, Bowie Kuhn, back way back, great, great commissioner. He presided over a couple of work stoppages. He did what he could to get things rocking and rolling. Uh, Manfred, on the other hand, is a hindrance to the entire puzzle. And uh, like I say, it's Tuesday in the afternoon right now, 4 o'clock, 3.30. As of right now, they're not negotiating. It's a stalemate. And by tomorrow morning when this is uh, goes, to, goes, to, goes on the World Wide Web and all 936 million people of our followers listen to this who knows what will have happened but as as of right now baseball is not even close to being agreed upon at any point in time
1: this year uh no and, and a couple things come to mind first bill you know i thought we had gone over all of your resume uh, to this point, but unfortunately, the whole badminton thing has not come up yet. And I know there's at least one person throwing up in their mouth hearing once again about your uh, your resume, and, and it's come to badminton. The fact that you have played badminton, uh, I mean, do you want <laughs> do you want to rebuttal? No, that no, I, I don't need to. I don't
0: need to qualify that. I <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the game of badminton. It started out as a, as an activity PE class that I was forced to take, um, and the girl that I was paired up with. Um, her name was Lisa Pendergrass. Okay.
1: Say say no more.
0: (laughs) Lisa Pendergrass had long legs, uh, and was a really, really good player. And I saw that on the first day of class. And when it came to, um, being paired up and having partners, I chose her and it was a wise decision because she was outstanding, outstanding, uh, you know, eye hand coordination, and uh, she was very good at, uh, you know, hitting the shuttlecock around. Just, so it was win-win.
1: Just just a phenomenal athlete. Okay, wow. I, you know what? Of all the things I thought we'd talk about today, I did not think badminton would make it into the first seven minutes of our conversation. But anyway, the badminton is now behind us. I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. You know, base, this is a very. We said this repeatedly, but this is a very bad look for Major League Baseball. Uh, it's there's a bad look for a lot of leagues going out there, but they they do not seem to understand owners, players, whoever it is. And and I've said this also: people who are who are owed money and, and they have an agreement to be paid their entire money. Uh, you know what? I, I can't really fault them too much. But Bill, the entire country except people who have retired. Uh, you know, people have suffered an extreme loss of money financially these past couple months, almost everybody to some point. And, and so when the entire country has taken a hit and then millionaires can't seem to come to a decision on playing a limited number of games, even it's just a very, very bad look. Well, the players put it right back into the owners
0: yes. hands the other night when they said when their hashtag was when and where. Yeah. You're going to implement the season. Tell us when. Mm-hmm. And where to be, and we'll play. But there's gonna be a grievance filed. If it's if 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 there's less if there's 50 or less games played, there will be a grievance filed on the on the union's part. So the whole thing comes down to if the owners who want just 50 games implement this and they still want the season to be done by the end of September, the season's not gonna start till mid-August. Mm-hmm. So what are you gonna do for the next month and a half? <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah. So they put it – the players have been very, very good, and they're millionaires. They're all millionaires. The owners are billionaires. So they put it right back into their hands. And in my opinion, the the owners are going to look really, really bad if this thing doesn't go down because the players are willing to play right now today. Yes. They're willing to suit up and go play a game right now, tonight, somewhere. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the owners are the ones that are cock blocking this whole thing, and they – are going to have egg on their face. They're going to look bad as well as they should because they're holding this whole thing up because of money, which they have tons of. Not to mention there's there's other um, issues here that, 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 that trickle down from the game, including uh, concession people, parking lot people, people that work in the stadium, people that – work in the clubhouse, trainers, coaches. Not everybody's Mike Trout. Not everybody is, um, you know, a, a superstar baseball player that, that can live for the next 15, 20 years or the rest of their life for that matter without lifting a finger ever again. These people need jobs. Yeah. The umpires, the, um, the the official scorers, people in the press box, it's their livelihood, and they're the ones that are going to suffer because of the greed involving a the owners most of all, and B the players. Um, we find it quite simple because we're lay people that that you know our idea of a good time is sitting in a in a in a in a, in a podcast studio talking into a microphone for damn for you know the big money that we get. However, these guys are getting bigger money, and they just can't seem to figure it out. You got a lot of ego playing. You got a you know there's just a lot of of uh, just the, the, it's crazy. Baseball. Everybody thinks baseball is this great, great game, the American pastime. Bullshit. It's a hard, rotten business. Yes, we've both been in the game. We've both been in the business, and we've seen
1: firsthand how shitty it can be. Yeah, it's uh, it's not, it's not glamorous. No, it's not. not. The the. Uh in insides of it the outsides are all pretty but the insides of it are one big mess and uh, it's starting to spew out here these past few months with with everything but you're right all the people that are not players or coaches all those all the personnel i guarantee you their salaries and stuff aren't going to be prorated and everything baseball comes back the stadium attendance and everything uh you, you know the, my, my thing with the owners is this. The players are going to make their money, whether you play or not, right? right. That's part of yeah. their agreement. So you need to find a way to get them on the field. You need to cut your losses, cut them now, or they should have cut it about a month ago. Get guys on the field knowing that you're going to have to pay these guys uh, the money that's that's in their agreement. Whether you like it or not, even though they're paying way less games, you're not going to have stadium revenue. Uh, you got to hope for some TV revenue. Get any revenue you can right now because – you are going to have to pay up. And it's just the way it is. If you don't have a season, you're going to lose even more, that more money. So at some point, yeah, the owners probably need to, uh, or should have, they're, they're, they're a day late and a dollar short, many dollars short, in my opinion. Well, we can take this a step further. Is this just a smoke screen, a smoke screen
0: for what a joke of a season it's going to be? <laughs> okay. You're not going to have fans in the stands. You know, you're going to have, it's going to be like the South Korean league. Okay. Now, I was watching that game they had on this morning. And trust me, I was riveted. I was on the edge of my seat (laughs) watching South Korean baseball. All right. It was, I mean, um, Carl Ravitch, um, Eduardo Perez, and another guy, ESPN Baseball Insider. And I can't remember his name offhand. All they did was talk about this pending um, uh, strife within Major League Baseball. They weren't announcing that so-and-so and so-and-so got a base hit. They were just, The game was just playing, okay? And quite honestly, the only reason I tuned in was to listen to these guys talk about what is going to happen. Just like the COVID-19 virus, okay? We don't know if there's going to be a spike in November. We don't know if masks help. We don't know that if if there's going to be a uh, herd immunity via a uh a uh, uh the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Where you it? get a um, yeah a shot, and shot. It makes you better. The, the word escapes me right now, and I feel like a complete imbecile for that. <laughs> oh man, it's for right no, there for not uh, vaccination. Oh, vac- yeah, vaccine. <laughs> okay. So with that said, um, it, there's just so many question marks, and big question mark is: do these guys really want to play? Do they want to? Do they want to expose themselves to? um traveling do they want to expose themselves to you know being on the road let's say one player a, a, a marquee player on a team is is, uh, is is test positive are you gonna you're gonna shut him down for 14 days and you're gonna shut down the people around him they're gonna have to go in quarantine i mean there's so many question marks so that could screw a team from the get-go two of your star players are are are, are test positive they can't play for two weeks when you only have a six-week season, <laughs> yeah, what kind of what kind of get, what kind of season is that going to be? You know, there is such thing as there is such thing as paying everybody. You know, the owners need to pony up, pay everybody something, okay, some type of severance. Put your shit away and come back next year. Yeah, okay. They won't do that though. They want to get they they're greedy and they want to they want to drum out every dime they can out of a TV contract out of uh, whatever they can get. Now trust me, the players, I mean Mike Tr- Mike Trout can't go make a commercial and make five million bucks. He's not gonna he's not nothing's gonna hurt him. Yeah. Okay. They can make their money mm-hmm. and then some. So there's a lot of there's a lot of give, 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 give or a lot of take, 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 take here and no give on both sides. Mostly the owners. And now do I think if they don't play this year, we'll Baseball, look, they came back from the strike in 94. They had to juice the baseballs and get guys all pumped up on steroids and hit balls 800 feet to get interest in baseball again. They'll figure out a way to get it going again. Um, what they'll do, who knows, but people love baseball. Now, has it slipped in popularity to football? Absolutely. And football, guess what? They're on – on. Uh, they're right on, on key Ske- schedule. Yeah. They start up in September. No fans, of course, but they're going to play. Basketball, supposedly, is going to come back. And I think that's going to be, you know, they're playing down in the in the Walt Disney uh, complex down there. So that's going to be a Mickey Mouse affair, in my opinion. All <laughs> the teams playing in, like, one or two arenas. That, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, hockey, I have no idea what they're going to do in hockey, nor do I really care. <laughs> so, I mean, we're trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit right now. we got a big pile of it in the street, and somebody's trying to cook up a, a salad here with this big pile of chicken shit, and it's going to be real tough, okay? Because there's other things to worry about, okay? Like people getting jobs back, like opening up, staying healthy, I don't know, and that's a whole other, uh, you know, deal there. But is sports the almighty? No, it isn't. And if you need to take a year off,
1: take a fucking year off, regroup, and come back. Yeah, you know, it's it's June here, middle of June, and at this point, usually, we have watched a lot of baseball already, about halfway through the season, give or take, and usually the NBA Finals is kind of going right now, but you know what, Bill, If I if I was honest, when this all happened in March, I was pretty upset there was no March Madness, and I was like, oh, my goodness, no sports and, and do what I like sports back. Yes. But but as a as a big sports fan, a guy who, who watches it everyday life, I can't say that it's been the worst thing in the world not having this stuff. Uh, there's been a plenty of other sports stories uh, off. The, everything's off the field, of course, everyone talking and everyone giving their quotes, talking about what's down the road, this and that. Uh, Football seems to be the only thing on schedule. That would probably bother me if football didn't happen, Uh, but that's just because it's my favorite. But I have not missed basketball and baseball as much as I thought I would. Uh, I really thought I would be just dying here in the middle of June, (laughs) really wanting uh, sports back. But I can't say that it's been that big of a a desire anymore.
0: Uh, Me either. You know, I, I mean, since the second week of March, you know, we were locked down like we were in a penitentiary for about two months. Couldn't go anywhere. Things opened up a little bit and no sports, a lot of Netflix. I learned to watch other things. Um, you know, I mean, life goes on. I mean, just because, you know, you have to you have to change with the times and um, the times are changing right now, <laughs> not for the best either. I mean, we have a lot of shit going on in this country. Yes. It's not all good. In fact, most of it's bad. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to make some changes, and you know, kind of check ourselves and figure this shit out. And I'm not sure sports is the whole answer. Yeah, we got a lot of more pertinent things that are that are that are on fire right now, and we need to put them out and 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 get things back to where they were both back before March when our economy was booming before the situation in, 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 um, Minneapolis and the whole, you know, COVID-19 thing we've, we've come to find out who gets hit the hardest with this. And we've learned that if you take precautions, if you stay away from crowded locations, you don't go here, there, or in a a place where, you know, you're going to, um, put older people at risk, you stay out of those, you stay away from those places, you're probably going to be okay. But uh, it's still out there. And who knows? Um, Have we learned lessons from the last big pandemic that we suffered back in like a hundred years ago? We probably have. Are we going to have that big, huge spike now that we had back then? Probably not because we did implement some social or physical distancing and we're hoping that this thing has run its course a little bit and it won't be as strong mm-hmm. as it first hit. And now we know how to defend ourselves from it and mitigate it. So, you know, all we can do is hope for the best, expect the worst, and be happy with something right in the
1: middle. <laughs> that sounds like uh, your expectations for like dating, Bill. I mean, it's a good principle to live by. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> hope for the best, expect the worst and maybe yeah, hope for something um, in the middle.
0: Well, yeah, there's been times when that when that's been, you know, the whole uh or umpiring uh, whatever, yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> good good uh, method to live by. Wow, that's good stuff. Well, uh we, you know, Bill, unfortunately some of this stuff spills into sports. I mean, it seems like more and more athletes have, you know, want to give their expert opinions on this stuff. And we're sitting here giving our, uh, not so expert opinions, but just opinions. Right. And uh, I think guys get so bored, maybe not having the spotlight that they really want to speak out and make a change. And, and there was a situation, uh, this week that was the exact opposite of that. A football coach, Mike Gundy for Oklahoma state went on a fishing trip with his kids and he was wearing a t-shirt. Apparently, apparently t-shirts are offensive now. Uh, it seems like everything's offensive, but a player on the team didn't like uh, that. It was a news network that uh, apparently he did. He disagreed with and spoke out against it. And and since then, Mike Gundy has uh, talked with his player. They came to an understanding The the Twitter mob and, and the media mob, and they really wanted to make a story out of this. Uh, but, you know, I think that's what the, they do now. And, and, uh, you know, Coach Gundy, they 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 came to an agreement and, and this and that. But you know, I got to tell you, Bill. As far as I didn't know where to begin with this, coaches having political opinions it, it, are they only allowed to have one political opinion as a coach? I mean, you 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 have all these players uh, on your team, and and it's like people get attacked for. Having a belief that is different than yours now, and the last time I checked in this country, I mean uh, that's kind of what we're what we're founded on is various opinions and beliefs, and and that's what makes America different than everyone. But unfortunately, these days, man, if you don't if you don't share the same same opinion as me, uh, you know, hey, I got I got no use for you. I mean, I just don't understand it. Well, like you said, the last time I checked, <laughs> Coach Gundy was the
0: coach. The player who I don't even know who what his name is, nor do I care, was the player. Coach Gundy makes the decisions on scholarships, uh, living arrangements, uh, meal money, et cetera, et cetera. He's the coach. The player's the player. Okay. He's a college student athlete. I can't believe that the college student athlete would pop off and make a derogatory statement about a fucking T-shirt. Okay. And I don't give a shit what the T-shirt said minus anything being being vulgar or obscene it said O don't even know what the. i think it's a, a, a pretty conservative yeah uh, news network yeah
1: right? and i had and to be honest i had never heard of it i'd heard of it i've never watched it. yeah okay
0: <laughs> i've never watched it <laughs> it's it, offensive so what you know that would be like the coach saying i mean and that's not even a parallel i'm not even gonna say that it, the bottom line is, is that it's a it's a T-shirt, it's a it's a cotton shirt to keep him from getting a sunburn while he went fishing with his children. Okay, now, in my that that player needs to really check himself, and if he's going to use that as a social platform, then he he doesn't have one. No. Okay, it's a T-shirt with a news network on it. All right, that's like if 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 I wore a Fox News shirt out in public and somebody came up and punched me in the lip because they didn't like fire. I mean, that is bullshit. That's wrong. Okay. There's such thing as, 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 as freedom of, of speech, freedom of expression, as long as you are not trying to incite someone or hurt someone. Now, if me wearing a Fox network shirt, incite someone, that person needs help. That person needs to go talk to someone and, 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 and lock themselves up somewhere and, and get a little help. Now, you may not agree with what I, what I wear. Just like a lot of people probably don't agree a lot with what I wear sometimes, you know, <laughs> they might think my jeans are too tight or they might think <laughs> that because
1: I don't wear socks with shoes that I'm a heathen. Well, so what? I'm not hurting anybody. That's me. Can I, can I tell you guys right now? I, I I wish you know, maybe I'll post a picture, but you want to talk about t shirts right now? Bill Barnes is currently wearing a t shirt that says Montana Western Basketball. I've never heard of that school. Bill grabs t shirts off a thrift store, racks all the time, and he comes up with these random colleges. And I, you know, this is just an example. Bill, I've never heard of that school either, but it, it, it's obviously, a, it looks like it's the
0: Bulldogs because Red bulldog. there's a picture of a Bulldog on mm-hmm. here. Western, Mon- I got this shirt. <laughs> at a goodwill store i believe in glendora and <laughs> let me let me give you that let me give you a little hint on shopping at, at thrift stores and goodwill stores i thoroughly enjoy doing that because a i don't like paying full price for shit okay <laughs> and b you go to thrift stores and especially goodwill stores in affluent areas and rich people get rid of good stuff they wear it once they don't like it they put it in a pile and it goes to goodwill <laughs> One man's trash is another man's treasure. And I've lived by that, you know, since I've been old enough to have to buy my own shit. And especially after a couple divorces, you get, you know, you're down (laughs) in your your, your payroll a little bit and your your wallet's a little thin and you got to do what you got to do. So I've learned that and I've kept that that philosophy and it's worked out well for me. I, I happen to like this shirt. It fits me very well. People ask me, hey, Wes, hey, where's that at? And I go, well, it's in Montana. <laughs> and, you know, do I know where it's at? I have not a clue, okay? But it fits well. It's, it's very cool on a warm day. And I, 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 you know, I'm not here to please anybody with my, 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 uh, my, my dress code or my attire. So that's what I'm wearing. <laughs> so with that said, everybody has their own, walks to their own beat, you know? Whatever gets you through the night, okay? And if Mike Gundy wants to wear a T-shirt that says OAN, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, who gives a mad fuck what he wears? I certainly don't. No one should. That doesn't necessarily mean that he is a fan of that uh, network. Case in point, <laughs> Montana Western. I'm not a fan of them. I've got no clue where they're at. Okay? I wouldn't I – wouldn't, I don't know where they're at and what city. If someone out there knows – Email me. I'd love to know. I've just never taken the time to Google it. And I probably won't. I'm going to I'm going to count on one of one of our thousands of listeners to email me or Facebook message me and let me know where this school's at. I'm I'm really curious to know now. So with that said, let's not let's pick a better battle. Pick a better battle than a fucking T-shirt. Okay, that's ridiculous. We got better things to worry about than a
1: T-shirt. Well, Bill, let's talk a little bit about, uh, police training. I know it's a big topic these days, uh, especially any police work and defunding the police and more training. There's all kinds of topics, but, but let's focus on police training itself. I, I you have a lot of experience as a retired police officer and, you know, there was a recently a situation in Atlanta where, uh, Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed. He was uh, resisting arrest, struggling with the police. He, uh, gotten a altercation with them after coming across very calm and refused to get handcuffed. And it was very physical and even took their taser, The whole things on video. We don't need to go into all that, but let's just touch on, on training. And, uh, the first, I guess, question I have for you is, did, did you ever have a situation where things were really good? Things were calm. You're, were, you're were, someone was being compliant and then out of nowhere, they just, uh, snapped and, it either got physical or tried to run and just pulled a complete 180 on
0: you? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, it happened pretty early in my career, actually. Um, I was a couple months out of the academy. I was still with a training officer, and it was a car stop of a driver who was going to go to jail for either a warrant or I can't remember what it was. But, um, you know, the officer that I was with was about a, and this is no, this is no, slap to her. It's just who she is. She was about five foot two, 105 pounds. She was my training officer and it was two o'clock in the morning. And, um, it was time for this gentleman to go to, go to jail. And he wasn't a particularly large guy, but, uh, I went to, I put one cuff on and then, you know, back then we had to do the old, the whole standard, you know, wrist lock and all that crap. And I think I pissed him off when I did that because I went to for the wrist lock and I probably maybe I did it too hard or whatever. I don't know, but I pissed him off and he shrugged it off and the fight was on. And, um, so went to the ground with him and I just kept him under me. I just kept him under me. I kept him pinned and I kept telling him, you know, Hey, stop resisting, stop fighting. And I really wasn't doing anything other than just trying to keep him on the ground, hoping my partner would be able to get the handcuff and, cuff him. Well, what happened was she got the handcuff and was trying to handcuff me. Oh. And I told her, I said, wrong arm, wrong hand. And luckily another unit had pulled up and a couple of larger uh, individuals on the shift and order was quickly restored. So yes. And I learned a big, I learned a, a valuable lesson from that, that night is that a, um, you don't need to muscle up on everybody because sometimes when you do that, you're going to piss them off. You need to be quick and you need to be fast. Get the cuffs on, boom, click, click, and you're done. Whereas, and and I'm not going to second guess these officers the other night, but in watching that tape, um, there seemed to be some hesitation on the one officer's part. And before you know it, the fight's on. And, um, And this goes back to, when I was a young cop, we had a gun. We had our weapon, our sidearm, a stick, and a can of mace that was about as effective as a bottle of Febreze. Okay, <laughs> uh, so it was either our physical presence, our verbal demeanor, or our or some type of controlled. In ninety nine thousand times, nine hundred ninety nine thousand times, out of one hundred thousand, a million, whatever, it would work. It was at one time that. Things went haywire. What was very, very effective in those days up until probably, I don't know, I want to say 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when you had the implementation of tasers, stun guns, uh, pepper spray, uh, stop sticks, um, all these fancy things that that go on your belt. And when police officers started wearing these big, huge vests that have all kinds of shit on them, I do not know what they have on there. But it's hard enough to fight somebody or wrestle with somebody when you have a gun belt on, a Sam Brown on, that's an extra 35, 40 pounds. I can't imagine, I can't imagine trying to wrestle with someone nowadays with those big ballistic vests they wear, okay? I'm not, again, it, it, it's, a, it's a new day, a new era, and if they can do it, great. But my point of this whole thing is back in our day, we would spend a lot of time in the gym we would spend a lot of time working out and we would push each other to get bigger, stronger, faster, better, because a lot of the time you would encounter someone who would think twice about wanting to go toe to toe with someone that looks like they're in really good shape to the point where you have to cut the sleeves on your uniform shirt because <laughs> your, your, your um, biceps are bulging. You know, you, you'd think twice about mixing up with that guy. And it seemed to be pretty effective back in those days. Whereas nowadays, I don't see the pride. I don't see the, and yeah, I'm calling my guys out. I'm calling some guys out that are on the job now that rely on the tools instead of their minds and taking care of their bodies and getting bigger and stronger. We had guys back in the day that, uh, and I'll just say it, before steroids were illegal, guys, guys took steroids. Guys got huge, guys got big, and you know what? Nobody fucked with them, and that's half the battle right there. You didn't have a lawsuit. You didn't have a, a, a suspect, a victim, or officer being injured because there was compliance, and I don't see that nowadays. Now, I'm not advocating steroids, trust me, but I am advocating guys going out, working out, instead of playing computer graphics at home or playing black ops on your computers, and doing this and doing that. Now, granted, I know a lot of shifts run 12-hour shifts now, and that's a long day. But if you're working a 12-hour shift, you have four days off, okay? For your well-being, for your partner's well-being, for everybody's sake, get in the gym and get yourself in, in the best shape you can be and have that look of intimidation, not to where you're having to use it. It's just that natural look that you present. Um, Now you're going to say, well, Bill, Bill, there's so many female officers nowadays. They can't bulk bulk up. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. They can't. However, however, back when I was working, and again, I can't speak for now, but one thing about a small female back in the day was that they knew their limitations. Their mouth was not going to override their ass, and they usually, they usually, they usually – If, if things were going to go South, they called for backups, three or four of the guys would get there and um, the problem would be uh, uh, alleviated. So with that said, yes, they're small, but they're smart. Mm -hmm. I could tell you a couple of funny stories that came up with, um, you know, female officers And, and I'm not sliding them. I'm not making fun of them. I'm not saying anything negative. It's just the way it went down. It's just the way it happened. You know, Um, sometimes you've got to be creative and if you have to lie to a suspect to get him into handcuffs, you do it. The last thing you want to do is wrestle with somebody, go to the ground, get skinned up, get hurt, have a supervisor come by. He has to take an injury report. Then a use of force comes into play. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. But I see so many times nowadays where you have an incident that can easily be handled with a good, strong wrist lock good technique and I don't see it. And before you know it there's a fight. Before you know it uh, the suspect has a taser, has a gun and then a a, uh, a uh, officer involved shooting takes place where unfortunately there is a death involved whether it be a white guy, a Hispanic guy, a black guy it happens to all races all the fucking time. Now lately we've magnified on white officers against black Males. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, there has been that and it's been magnified. And again, nobody seems to give a give two shits about officers lately that have been killed because of this. You know, that's just not in the in the equation. That's just not arguable because, you know, too bad. They sign up for a job that may involve that. So, you know, the, the whole theory is they get what they pay for. Well, true, but false. It doesn't. That doesn't have to happen. There is such thing as out and out premeditated murder on a cop. I have not. I I have not seen out and out premeditated murder on a suspect who's who is trying to be taken into custody.
1: Well, well, Bill, I'm a little surprised by a couple things. I mean, you're saying to me that. You know, most police officers do not want to uh, get in a scuffle with someone and get physical and and tackle and beat on somebody. But but I'm hearing from the news media the exact opposite. I hear on the news all the time that all cops want to do is is knock people around and tackle them and take them to the ground. Uh, so so there's some inconsistencies here. Uh, I I'm, I'm tongue in cheek right now, but I mean I believe what you're saying. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> That, that's what a guy wants to do is say, hey, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd really like to tackle you and take you to the ground and, and possibly uh, hurt myself. Uh, no, I'm sure you'd rather just, hey, please comply. I don't have to, no hands on at all, right? And just get handcuffed and get in the car. It's unfortunate that uh, someone gets arrested, but unfortunately it is, uh, <laughs> you know, that 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 happens. That That's, that's common. It, anyway, I mean, it sounds to me, from what you said, you're talking about guys being uh, having a good presence and bulking up and looking good, so that kind of people do the math uh, before they they get in a confrontation. But it's also sounding like you got to have the people skills to uh, to not have to put hands on people because, like you said, it's it's not something you want to do, but you need to be prepared to do it if necessary. And I know you've always been pretty good at uh, you know. Not, uh, you know, you're, you're very, what's the word? You're charming to the ladies, but you're also very, uh, you know, you're able to talk to suspects with uh, with confidence and, and uh, you know, lay, lay it on them, lay it out for them clearly, right? Well, that's the whole key. You know, you, you give them the game
0: plan. Look, come with me peacefully or, you know what, um, it's not going to end well. And uh, usually, you know, if you look at them straight in the eye and you're up front with them, they know they know they're not going to you know um they're not going to win this thing i mean if you have to get 25 cops there you get 25 cops there uh i was trained in the in the day that if you're going to fight if you're going to have to get into a scuffle you prepare yourself to win that scuffle okay and that you don't go mono mono you don't if if you need three or four guys there to take take one individual into custody you wait for three or four guys now if things escalate before you got the three or four guys there then you do what you can to hold the fort until the help arrives and there's no better there's no better sound in the world than a siren that's getting closer and closer to you as you're starting to lose grip and starting to get tired and starting to kind of like not lose the battle but begin to think oh shit there's no better sound than than hearing that siren get closer and closer because you know uh, help is uh, very, very, very going to be there very quickly.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I've never been in a situation, Bill. I've never been a cop. I never, you know, that's why I like talking to you and getting your perspective on these things because we can all we can all talk about who we support and, and uh, causes we support and, and all these different things. But it's nice to hear. Uh, firsthand some of these accounts and just the details because you don't always get that you know you, you just get these these broad brush strokes and so it's always nice to hear that uh, I, I want to ask you you told me a story one time I, I don't know if it was a bar you know, you talk about being like physically overmatched or whatever but uh, you were at a bar one time and, and wasn't there some like either ex-NFL guys or something like that where you had to like talk to them and like hey guys uh, they were get, they wanted to keep partying maybe or in Riverside and you had to be like hey guys uh, you know because you weren't gonna get physical with them
0: no <laughs> very very early in my career probably about 1984 85 uh, there was a camp a football camp for high school kids at UC Riverside it was called offense defense and it was the last it was like the last week of June I believe or two weeks of June they would have this camp and we all knew that you know, Ed Tuttle-Jones, Jack Youngblood, uh, Dave Elmendorf, a bunch of rams from back in that day uh, would be there. Um, God, who was the guy? Um, he, he was a scary son of a bitch. He was, uh, I believe, he, he, he became an actor. He was a Philadelphia Eagle for a while. He became an actor, and he had some crazy eyes, and, he was a, and, and John Matuzak was there. So it was a Sunday night after, I think, the camp shut down early, And UC UC Riverside had their own police department. And there was a little bit of a a fracas that went on at closing time. (laughs) Evidently, they wanted to close at 1230. And, you know, as we all know, the bars close at two. So some of the guys were pissed that they had to, you know, they called last call. And these guys did not drink beer out of a mug. Their mug was a pitcher. (laughs) Okay. they're large men. Yeah, they were. These were good sized (laughs) guys. And. I remember the help call went out from UC Riverside. They feel that about two cars on a night. So there was like five, six of us roll in and it didn't dawn on to me until I got there that, Oh my God, this is offense. Steve. These are like, Oh my God, that's, that's uh, John Matuzak. That's um, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm going to look it up here on our next break and find his name. Phil X Eagle, who became an actor Uh, Anyway, he was there, and he was liquored up, and he was not being very nice. And finally, you know, I went up to uh, I believe it was the uh, former Ram defensive back Dave Elmendorf. I said, hey, Dave, man, I go, how would you let the Vikings beat you all those years, man? I go, you guys had a great – you know, I just started talking to him. (laughs) You know, and he he kind of gave me that drunken glazed look, and it brought him down a little bit, and we started talking. I said, hey, can you talk your guys into, like – taking it back to your room, you know, so we can get out of here. We got real shit to do. We don't want to be (laughs) bugging you guys. And he was cool, but there were some other guys that got, that were a little, little pissed off. And trust me, we didn't have enough cops working that night to quell them. If the fight was on. Okay. We didn't have enough guys working and we were able to, you know, verbally, you know, diffuse them, talk to them. And and they were decent guys. They just, they just, they just were, they just drank too much that night. And you know what? No harm, no foul. It's fine, you know. I've been there, um, yeah. <laughs> and it, it is what it is. We're all men. Let's come back. We we'll play another day. <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. But yeah. if yeah. you had some hardcore guys go in there that wanted to, you know, push the envelope and 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 go to town with them, I guarantee there'd have been a. There, it would have been a. It would have been a brawl.
1: Yeah. And and picking, well, I don't see picking a fight with uh, some NFL guys. I, you know, those are just. Those are large specimens. John Matuzak was just
0: a very, very big, big human being. And when I saw him, I thought to myself, "Why didn't I call him sick today? This is not going to end well." He would take the stick and shove it so far up my ass that it would not. It would. I'd be. I'd have a, a third leg the rest of my life. Okay, and that's just not good. And it was. It could have been bad. And luckily you know, we all came
1: back to play the next day. Wow. Oh man. Well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't imagine that. Well, well, Bill, I mean, you know, I mean, what it boils down to is at the end of the day, I mean, you've said it many times, it's like, what direction do you want to go? I think there's a lack of accountability in, in this country in so many levels. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, we, we don't have to get into the situation that happened or we can if we want, but you know what, again, we, we, this uh this selective accountability we have in this country is so frustrating so disturbing we want to hold some people accountable but not other people uh and, and it's just it's ridiculous i mean cops jobs are getting so difficult day by day uh and it, it's just unbelievable uh I'm, i mean with the situation in atlanta you know a bunch of cops have resigned i guess the chief of police resigned because he wasn't happy with uh the way things went and so it's just an ugly situation and we don't have to touch on it, but just in general, I think th- there's a lack of accountability and being responsible for our own actions.
0: There, I'm going to say it. There's a lack, lack of accountability for police chiefs to be strong, independent leaders. They are stuck to the breasts of their mayors. Okay. They are complete subservient bitches to them. For instance, uh, Garcetti and his chief. I mean, he hires and fires. There, are, there's Like I said this before, there is no civil service protection for police chiefs anymore. They serve at the pleasure of the chief and the city council. So if you want to keep your job, kind of like Rob Manfred, you want to keep your job, you've got to be subservient to the owners. And in this case with a police chief, you must be subservient and do what the city council and mayor wants. Or you, like the young lady in Atlanta, the chief there, she quit. She resigned because she knew she was going to get fucking fired. (laughs) So there's no doubt in my mind. Now, I'm completely baffled, but then I'm not, at this whole Seattle thing. You've got a town under siege up there, and you've got a a, a police chief up there that obviously can't do anything because she, another she, wants to keep her job. Mm -hmm. So – I'm really, really disappointed in my old profession right now. I see some real soft leaders, and I mean soft, to the point where you kneel with these protesters. The last time I checked, when I came on the department, and I keep keep referring to me, but I came on at a time where you were a neutral arbitrator of the laws as written. We didn't side, we didn't take sides. We maintained our neutrality and we called it as we saw it. It's not the way it is nowadays. You have both line personnel and chiefs kneeling with the protesters who are there to basically defund you and put you out of business. How the fuck can you do that? How can you be a party to that action? That's ridiculous. You know, just, You know. be professional. Do your job. Quit doing this lip sync fucking bullshit, lip sync, dance off crap that makes you look soft to begin with, okay? In my day, you did that, you'd be laughed out of the station or you'd be disciplined or no one would work with you. That is the most That is the most dog shit thing I've seen since I retired, doing this lip sync, dance off shit. You're cops for Christ's sake. You're not fucking dancers. You're police officers. Grow up and do your fucking job. And I know I'm saying that now, because and your hands are tied because of your cheese. I get it, but don't don't make it worse
1: on yourself. Be smart. Do, do yeah. I, I do you think that makes? I'm trying to. Th- I saw the yeah you know, some of these videos of of cops trying to be hip and cool and fun and uh, you know what maybe I, I don't speak for everyone, but I think cops are already pretty cool in what they do you know, and, and you don't need to. I mis- saw a
0: video today of an LA officer helping these little kid, these kids in the, in the projects slam dunk basketballs. I'm all for that. Yes. Fantastic. Great. Do it. I, I love that. But these orchestrated yes. shows of people lip syncing and, and trying to be cool. That's just unnecessary. Okay. That has no place in community policing, um, Neighborhood watch, or any of that, are bullshit. Don't do it. it it's embarrassing. It's ridiculous. It, it, it erodes the 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 your core belief, your core value, as being a neutral arbitrator of the law.
1: Yeah, you know, we're in such this decline right now where people want to. Uh, it doesn't have to be about police, but but it's related. Like people want to like have everybody be the same. Like for instance, uh, the, and they forget like what authority is like, and there's there's jobs of authority in this country that y- you know you do need to pr- provide a certain image. And, and as an example, like j- just take the the parent and and child relationship. Nowadays, it seems like parents want to understand their kids. And hey, come here. Hey, it, it's okay. Let me explain things to you. There. When I was a kid, I'm sure you had the same, Bill my dad or mom said something. Well, why? And it was like, no, 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 this isn't a, this is not a discussion. I tell you what to do type of thing. I'm not saying police officers need to be uh, dictators, but we, we, we forget that that that's a position of authority, not just cops, plenty of their positions. And we, and we just want to, uh, to, to wash all that away.
0: Yeah. Um, It all started, you know, it it could have, you know, the AYSO playing soccer, everybody gets a fucking metal shit. Okay. (laughs) I, That's where we went wrong. Yeah, nobody, nobody gets. Everybody shouldn't get a medal. If you're a loser, you're a loser. Look, take your lumps and get better. Don't reward mediocrity. Don't reward losers. You go 0 12, you don't get a fucking trophy, and no Capri Sun either. No, you oh. don't get juice boxes. <laughs> you, you know what? If 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 that, I'd have walked home. <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh my Come God. On. Yeah, you're not gonna. You're not. You can't reward that. No, it's, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, were you a straight A student? Did you ever get a B or a C? I'm, I got more B's and C's than I ever got A's. Yeah, there you go. You don't just, well, Bill, you tried hard. So let's give you an A. Let's give you an A. You, you worked your hardest. You know, sometimes I hate to say it, but sometimes your best isn't good enough. In some areas, now you should always give your best. All that, all that stuff. But uh, it's yeah, it's unbelievable. You know,
0: I, I could sit here and say, oh, all my brother and sister police officers are fantastic. They're great people. I love them all. They work so hard. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Bullshit. A lot of them are lazy. A lot of them don't give a. You know, they're there to collect a check. A lot of them are just doing what they got to do. The vast majority are good, outstanding people, and they're in the giving business. They're in this in the business to keep you safe. The vast vast majority are there some bad ones absolutely could they get better as a whole yes yes although they've got horseshit leadership right now and it's hard to really go out and give your all when you know that you're not going to be backed up
1: that's tough yeah Oh, uh, no doubt about it bill and you know you you had something uh actually you posted not too long ago uh about a <laughs> <laughs> uh, a council member in uh, in LA that basically laid out this, this blueprint uh, for uh, unarmed. Uh, I, I can't even. Well, I'll read word. it to you. I just posted it today. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I will read it to you verbatim. Please
1: do. It's, and
0: um, <laughs> here it is. And, and here is, here's my comment to it. And then I'll read you the proposal by the honorable council member, Herb J. Wesson, jr of the city of Los Angeles. Okay, here's what I said. This is outstanding. I applaud Mr. Wesson for his forward thinking and progressive approach to non-policing in the year 2020 and beyond. When these non-armed experts respond to these assorted matters, which in turn become violent, I hope when attempted to be summoned for help, the police in turn tell them, sorry folks, what we have here is a tragedy, but it's not a police matter. Please use your nonviolent, non-aggressive verbal skills to tell your patient or fine citizen you're dealing with not to shoot, rape, or kill you. Have a better day. (laughs) Bye-bye. Now, that was in my response to this. Councilman Herb J. Wesson, Jr., City of Los Angeles, today, May, what is this, June?
1: June uh, 16th. June 16th
0: said, today, alongside my colleagues, we'll introduce a motion to replace. Replace. LAPD officers with unarmed, non law enforcement agencies who will be responsible for responding to non violent calls for service. You know how I many not now? I didn't say this, but let me just interject. How you know, I many non violent calls for service I responded to, which ended up being a complete clusterfuck mess? Okay, I'll go on. <laughs> the presenters from Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, BLD, PWR, whatever that is, LA Voice with People's Budget LA were absolutely right. We need to reimagine public safety in the 21st century, one which reduces the need for armed police presence, especially when the situation does not necessarily require it. We have gone from asking the police to be part of the solution to being the only solution for problems they should not be called on to serve in the first, solve in the first place. We're given this responsibility to law enforcement, but more often than not, in non-emergencies, they may not be best equipped to safely handle the situation. These calls need to be directed to workers with specialized training who are better equipped to handle the situation. My colleagues, Nuri Martinez, Council Member Bob Bloomfield, Council Member Marquise Harris Dawson, Curran Price Jr., and I are calling for a systemic systematic crisis response plan to replace police presence in non-criminal situations with unarmed service providers including medical professionals mental health workers homeless outreach workers and others with specialized training well bully for you mr wesson i hope your plan works but guess what it ain't all of those cases you he brought up responding to Uh, mental health crisis, that's where your your suicide by cops take place. These people are armed, okay? These people become agitated very quickly. And you need some type of officer there that is equipped to handle this person. What's going to happen is you're going to send these these social workers out to these calls, and all hell is going to break loose, and someone's going to get hurt. And it's not going to be the person that they're there trying to help. It's going to be one of them. And then we're going to be right back to where we started. Oh God. Yeah. There is no perfect solution (laughs) to handling
1: these, these
0: types of calls. Okay. So
1: you can't have it both ways. No, you cannot. And uh, you know what? (laughs) You're not going to make any progress when you put ridiculous uh, suggestions out like this. I mean, these are the leaders in in LA County, uh, you know, LA city, excuse me. And, (laughs) it, <laughs> you are not making any progress with these things. Are you kidding me right now? You're going to put unarmed, uh, what did they call it? Social, whatever they called them. Uh, unarmed service providers. I, I don't even want to picture what that is. Somebody showing up to a situation I've got, like got. Okay.
0: I've got, I've, I've got a, um, we'll take a break
1: and then we'll cover this. How's that? Sounds good. All right. I don't know what they're going to charge or uh, you know pay these these. <laughs> I can't even say it, Bill. These <laughs> unharmed service providers. You know, here, here, it's Matt, not enough.
0: Here's the deal, Matt. You and I. I mean, we're not the brightest bulbs. I mean, basically, when you cut right down to it, we're like two construction workers on the job, sitting in a honey pot, talking <laughs> into a microphone. Okay. I mean, when you, when it comes right down okay. to it. Yeah. But if two dumbasses like us can think rationally and think that. This ain't going to work, okay? For instance, for instance, uh, let's say I have a neighbor who's an asshole, okay? And he's a he's just a rotten guy. And he blocks my driveway for about four hours. And I've told him, dude, quit blocking my driveway. Well, it's a car. It's nonviolent. I call the cops. They tell me, oh, you need to call the, the uh, traffic commission. We're going to send a couple of traffic, uh, uh, white shirt, um, traffic enforcement people out, and we're going to handle it for you. Hey, fantastic. These guys come out and this and they're going to tow this guy's car. Let me tell you something. The worst thing you can do to a suspect, whether on an unlicensed driver, arresting him for DUI, arresting him for armed robbery, whatever the case may be. If you tow and impound his car, that's where you get a fight. That's where you get violence. So you've got two unarmed, five foot, four inch, 110 pound, um, uh, you know, social workers out there. Tell him to tell him this this ex con that you're gonna that he needs to move his car before you tow it. He's gonna rip your heads off, put you in the car, and drive off with you. Okay, you are you are gonna that is not gonna work. Okay, that's that's gonna end up very very bad. Now, a great majority of the time that you send out the the this uh, non lethal. Non-aggressive uh, force of, of the of the uh, blue ribbon panel, uh, city council members, pan- people. You're gonna they're gonna be screaming for the cops anyway. Mm-hmm. And like I said, tell them, sorry, folks.
1: What we have here is a tragedy, but it's not a police matter. You didn't want us in the first place. Yeah, deal with it. Deal with it. How, how many people need to die? How many innocent people need to die because they couldn't get law enforcement help before before uh, somebody, uh, some idiot uh, on the city council realizes, you know what? This probably wasn't a good idea. This is a temporary uh, resolution to a problem
0: where this Mr. Wesson's constituents are screaming and yelling that the LAPD is violent and angry and bad, whereas two months ago, as two months ago. The LAPD had made great strides. They were doing wonderful. They, they were, you know, since the new chief came, you know, there was a lot of implement, implementation of great programs. And because four idiots in Minneapolis squeeze a guy's neck and he unfortunately dies, now every cop in the United States is an asshole. Every cop in the United States is a killer. That's not the case. Did we say that every that every person of Arabic descent was an asshole and a killer when they flew airplanes into the World Trade Center? No, we didn't. There was a select few that were bad terrorist people that killed 3,000 of our innocent citizens, including cops and firemen. Now, why is it that we can have restraint in judging with a big, broad brush on them, but when it comes to cops, they're vicious, they're killers, they're animals. They all hate blacks and they want to kill blacks. Bullshit. That is not the case. That is not the case. And I can yell until I'm screaming, until I'm I'm red in the face about it. No one's going to listen to me. They they, they will listen to our politicians, but our politicians, our leaders, they don't have the guts to say it. They don't have the guts to say it. They would rather placate the few right now and make them happy and it all blow up in their face later.
1: You, you know you've you've mentioned this a few times how certain politicians uh, talk talk down to us uh, i i hate the news bill as you know it was on in the background the other day uh begrudgingly i i didn't have enough earplugs but it was on and, and one thing i've noticed one consistent thing i've noticed is the news media when they're telling stories they make every story out to be this this dramatic tragedy, uh, not not taken away from the real tragedies, but but these non tragic <laughs> stories, they talk like it's this like fake, uh, really concerned uh, uh, voice, and it's the exact same voice that I've heard, unfortunately, as you mentioned many times in uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti. It's the same tone. It's to talk down to you. You don't know anything, guys. This is a you know what I mean. It's nonsense. It's a complete show of disrespect. Just like
0: uh, Pelosi, Schumer, that fat fuck. Uh, uh, what's his name? Who couldn't even get on a knee? He had to stand. Uh, what's his name? The guy from um, New York. The ma- No, no. The, he's a
1: congressman. Oh, a congressman out uh, of New
0: York. What's his name? That fat son of a bitch couldn't even get on a knee when they were wearing the the the, the African. Um, Uh, (laughs) scarves and headdress to me, if I'm black, which I'm not, but if I was, it would offend the shit out of me that you're trying to placate me by wearing that shit. I would say, you you know, go fucking strangle yourself with that shit. Yeah. Jerry Nadler. What a fat tub of shit. The guy couldn't even get on a knee because if he did, he would never get up. He'd be like a turtle on his back. He'd be done. Okay. (laughs) That to me was the most irritating, even some, you know, folks in, 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 in the black entertainment and the athlete said was a complete farce. And I have to agree with him. I mean, whether you like him or, or, hate him, I think um, uh, Barkley uh, is great. You know, he said the other day, you're not going to defund the police. He goes, who are we going to call?
1: Yeah. <laughs> who are we going to call when we need them? Yeah. Ghostbusters ain't working either. Right. So, That's exactly I mean- <laughs> what
0: he said. He goes, who are we going to call? Ghostbusters? <laughs> you know, I mean, Come on, let's, let's, let's have some common sense. You know? Yeah. I was a little hard on Jerry Nadler. Well, yeah, because he's a fat fuck and he can't get, he could, he couldn't even get on his knee. How, how absolutely. I mean, if, if, if I was, you know, I, I would think to myself, you know what? Don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Okay. That was the most insincere show of, of solidarity I'd ever
1: seen in my life. That was ridiculous. Well, they're uh, Bill. You know, come on, they're they're heroes. They're heroes for doing those things. They're very brave for taking those steps. And uh, heroes, my
0: ass. yeah. <laughs> it's complete, complete. It, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's right in the Democratic playbook.
1: Well, uh, there's no telling what we we will see. There's, I mean, just when you think you've seen it all, and uh, you know the left can't get any more unhinged, uh, they they get uh, they get uh, even crazier. That's another thing I noticed, Bill. uh, And you're very vocal about these things. But you have me vocal? You gotta be be kidding me. I I have a lot of restraint. Yes, this is your restraint, which is hilarious. Um, You you know, the left talks so much about tolerance, yet they are the most intolerant people on the planet. They really are. We already talked about the the Mike Gundy thing. Uh, uh, every they're always they have this this just a violent sp- hate speech all the time, uh, and they t- you know I don't know care where you stand politically, but but, 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 but man, it, it's just ridiculous how you know y- you carry yourself accordingly, and then you're talked down to violently by some of mm-hmm. these people, and it's just it's like what whoa 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 where did uh, this come from? We are a country divided. Yeah,
0: no doubt about it. Um, you know, usually politicians are, and that's who they are, but we, as people, you know, you go into a, I mean, back when we were able to go into bars, we were able to go and sit and drink back in the, you know, four or five months ago, the 19th century. Was yeah, it? yeah, We would, we would actually talk to someone. And if you were pro Trump and they were Democrat, you're a, you're an automatic asshole and <laughs> you're not, you're not talking to them anymore. And that was on their, that was their doing, not yours. I, I can talk to anybody. Okay. I've had friends that are Democrats. I've got friends that are complete 100 percent Trump haters and complete Democrat lovers. Do I disagree with them? Yes. Are they still my friends? Yes. Can I still talk to them as long as we don't talk about politics? Yes. Can we talk somewhat about politics? And I bring to their attention uh, how fucked up (laughs) their ideas are. (laughs) Yes, I do to a certain degree. But we just decide not to talk about it and we talk about other things. I've got my a lot of friends that are, that are that way. I mean, um, you know, I know that that the great city of Chicago has a lot of Democrats there, and it's a hardworking Democratic um, uh, city, and it's got it's going through their share of shit right now. But I have a very good friend who's from Chicago. We know her, mm. nice gal. I believe she's Democrat, and but but she loves this show. Oh, awesome. She's a constant listener. Uh, she's a big fan. Love it. And she agrees with probably 99% of what we say. And she's a Democrat. and But she knows she can see right from wrong. And she's not drinking the Democratic Kool-Aid that will take you down a bad, bad place. So I appreciate people out there that are listening to this that can see through what you may not agree with what we talk about but could still listen and get a chuckle out of it use it as entertainment value or whatever you want to think about it make maybe even kind of think about the other side and what we're what where we're coming from but uh to those out there that think I'm I'm horrible and Max's horrible i'd love for you to come on the show just like bill o'reilly used to say come on into the um come on into the no spin zone all right we'll make it happen you know and and um and we'll take the gloves off and, and we'll banter around.
1: We'll yell and scream and we'll have a good, healthy, healthy debate on this. Well, I'll tell you what, I want you to talk to her and I want you to make it happen where she's a guest on this show. She
0: does not want to because oh. she, she would get too nervous. She thinks that we have a big worldwide oh. audience. Oh my okay? God. Hang so on. <laughs> she, She's already said there's no way she would do it. Um, she's too nervous, um, but I will do my best to get her to come on and I'll I'll tell her, Hey, you have to use your big girl voice. Okay. And, and, and get her pissed off. And when she's pissed off, okay, she'll sound off and I'll get her mad. She'll come on and, and, and (laughs) and I think she'll do it. She's got some great stories about, Mm -hmm. you know, her dad was a cop in Chicago.
1: So that's enough right there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So she's, she's seen both sides. Yeah. And you know, we've had great debates on, on the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's all been good, so I, I would love to get her on. Um, you know, and 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 um, I'll, I'll try to talk her into it. Cool, it doesn't have
1: to be a Wednesday, it could be no. whenever, yeah. Anytime she's available, whenever, you know, I know
0: she's got she's busy, she's but, got a lot, lot to get lot yeah, on, yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll see if we can't squeeze her in,
1: yeah. There's there's not a huge, we don't have a huge studio audience, it's me and Bill looking at a wall right now, and uh, you know what, you just we're just we're just talking. So so many people want to just cancel things just because, and then what do they do? They move on to the next show or the next uh, event. It, it's just, do you people have a life? What are you seriously sitting around dissecting old television shows that were not made five minutes ago? They were made years ago. They were and, made in the early nineties. I mean, pulling, uh, gone, gone with the wind. Pulling that movie. Out. I mean, we. All this stuff. It's how, like, about the, how about the the uh, cartoon you, characters? Oh, my God. Elmer, take his rifle away. That's offensive. Uh, Yosemite, Sam. Uh, oh, the, the Paw Patrol. I texted oh you God. that. I thought you were – I go, Bill, you're not going to believe this. And Paw Patrol, some cartoon I've never heard of about dogs and they, pull, they don't want the police cop on there. If you are
0: monitoring cartoons <laughs> where cartoon characters have weapons, you've got way too much time on your hands. <laughs> and you need to seriously seriously take a long look in the mirror and contemplate blowing your fucking brains out okay
1: <laughs> i said it. borrow elmer fudd's gun that you took right and, mm-hmm. and do what you got to do i mean yeah. have your have someone go smother you with a pillow <laughs> okay i mean really come on what what are we what well, are we doing here who are these people who what are, are these people here? that who who is the offended uh, i hate using the word offended cuz it's used for everything now who who is this offended police this this uh, the social media brigade, uh, you know, that's out there just that just wants to remove and cancel everything that's ever happened. Nothing is nothing has ever happened five minutes ago or, or before that. Let's cancel everything because it might be insensitive to someone. It might it might offend someone. That's life, people.
0: Life is not about just, you know, uh, sucking your thumb in the fetal position and climbing under your bed and escaping everything. You have to go out and you have to face life's ups and downs. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes uh, you have a bad day. Sometimes you have a good day. That's just the way it is. Uh, Other people control your destiny. You can control your own to a certain extent, but sometimes you become, you know, a a victim of circumstances. And you know what? You're not going to have a good day all the time. You got to take the good with the bad. And again,
1: pick your battles, people. It's full circle, Bill. It completely stems from what you said earlier about the participation trophies and not keeping score and, and all this nonsense. I mean, how many
0: times did, did, did uh, Newman on the show make references to the post office being psycho killers? Are we going to pull those shows now? Is Newman no longer going to be part of the, to the show because he worked for the post office and he's a fucking lunatic? Huh?
1: Uh, I mean, wh- where, do we, where do we draw the line? There shouldn't be a line. There should be no lying. Are you people offended? Don't watch it. Don't. There's certain movies. I know what the subject matter is. I don't watch them because I don't like what they stand for, or what. I don't go on a rant and and put out posters that uh, this movie should be removed or whatever the case may be. That's just an example. Like last year when they made the reference about maybe it's
0: cold outside. Oh my! What does that have to do with anything? Don't oh, get me started on that. It's fucking cold outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you want to find sexist, racist, uh, any-ist. Any, if you want to find any, any-ist-ism in anything, uh, if you ch- dig and try hard enough, uh, I, I guess you can. I guess if you really, 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 really want to look for something and find it, you, you can. But really... I mean, come on. It takes away from me, the things that truly are offensive, that truly are racist, that truly are sexist. When you call out all this nonsense, when we're, when we're removing dog cartoons off of the air, because po- Lego police, le- they, they, Lego was removing uh, police officers from, from their, uh, their, their toys. I'm like, what are you're right, Bill? What are we doing? It's, it's, jo- it's laughable now. It's laughable. Um, it's completely fucking laughable. Um, you you and I joke all the time, and we it's a culture of mediocrity, but you know what? It, it certainly is. It's just two guys sitting in a honeypot talking.
0: <laughs> you know? Nothing better than being in a shit house talking at at, at, at lunchtime. <laughs> I'm gonna change the name. It's no longer Eastvale 101 Studios, it's the Honeypot Studios. It's the Honeypot Studios. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness. And, and yeah, I know where you got that from. I, I you know, uh, we'll talk off the air, but oh my goodness. Hey, to, to, to uh, said honeypot texture, uh, thank you very much for, for painting that picture for You're us. a class act, Aldini. Always- <laughs> Jeez, the only voice of reason this show has. And he hasn't even got, yeah, anyway. Oh my goodness. Well, well, Bill, oh my goodness. It's, uh, I think we should cut this uh, now before yeah. we're
0: probably, I mean, the, uh, some type of, um, um some type of police agency that that that, that uh, monitors um, this kind of activity is going to be busting down your door anytime soon. I think I'm ready. Or yeah. Mr. Wesson's going to bring out some unarmed civilians to talk to us to counsel us about our rhetoric. Perhaps uh, uh, uh,
1: yes. I, that's, I'll, I, that's... I'll tell
0: him to go suck <laughs> a very large fat man's ass while he's at the door. Okay, because there's nothing they can do to me. <laughs> So anyway,
1: unarmed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Judge dread. I feel like it. Yeah. They want judge dread. I don't know if anybody seen that movie, but it's a futuristic movie where all they have is like these batons and, uh, there's no guns. There's no weapons anymore. And the police are just supposed to talk nice to yeah, you. Let's just
0: hope the, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the police agency involved in, uh, doing these types of broadcasts are not listening
1: tonight. Yeah. Because they're going to be kicking in your front door. Oh man. Well on that note, yeah, maybe we should go, uh, block the door and and be ready for anything but bill always a pleasure uh it's nearly five o'clock and and we know what that means it's uh it's about time to uh, well that means it's
0: eight o'clock on the east coast and we're three hours behind
1: (laughs) i like where your head's at let's get right to it guys thank you for listening and bill we'll see you next week folks if we're not in jail Thanks again, Bill Barnes. You are the man, the myth, the legend. We appreciate you. I shouldn't be giving you so many compliments. I should be knocking you down a peg a uh, time or two. But you know what? I appreciate you coming on here. Uh, you you really spiced up the show in a good way. And I think it's it's definitely needed. Your, your total plays and your your uh, social media requests from other people, uh, friend requests and such, uh, definitely is uh, – is showing the benefits of of your listenership and your fan club. So thanks again, Bill. Appreciate you being here. Looking forward to next week. Well, guys, I want to tell you about our guest tomorrow on the program. We're going to be joined by Rick Johnson. Rick Johnson is a former care youth league member, a, graduate of the class of 1991 from real hondo prep. Yes. Another real hondo prep graduate. I know, but you know what? These are the people I know guys. And then they're coming on the program and we're going to have discussions. Uh, anyway, Rick is actually a school teacher teaches in uh, La Puente, California at a uh, public school there. Fourth, fifth grade usually is usually what he uh, teaches, but he's going to just talk to us about uh, growing up, playing ball, playing sports, what it's like being a coach. I mean, he's around kids all day. He he coaches, uh, excuse me, he teaches fourth and fifth grade. He usually coaches at least one team in Cary Youth League. And then he also has three kids of himself. Uh, He he has a, a high school graduate this year. Uh, another, uh, kid that is in high school, uh, probably a sophomore, I think. And then another kid just graduated eighth grade. So, so Rick is, uh, is, is has three kids, uh, at the high school age and, and graduating and moving on. And it's, it's a lot of fun to catch up with him. Can't wait for you guys to hear that interview tomorrow. Uh, I actually got to coach with Rick when I was a young, young man, like eighth and ninth grade even. Uh, He's really good friends with one of my best friends, Todd Carson. Uh, Rick's team at Real Hondo in the the early '90s was was right up there with uh, with any team that's ever uh, gone through a Real Hondo prep, but. We'll touch on all that. Uh, Rick's dad actually was a legendary football coach at Real Hondo Prep, uh, seven CIF titles, Randall Johnson. So uh, we'll talk about him a little bit, just uh, all of the above. We'll, we'll get in there, we'll touch on everything. Looking forward to sitting down with him uh, and sharing that conversation with you guys. I think uh, even if you're not a Real Hondo Prep, Care Youth League guy, you definitely will uh, enjoy listening to it. So be sure to tune in tomorrow for that. As always, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Save podcast. Our Twitter handle, Twitter, man, say that five times fast. Twitter handle is Get Home save Pod. Our Instagram and Facebook page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to message us in any of those various platforms. You can send us an email, give us a topic to talk about, send a question, anything anything you'd like me to address on the show. We will do it. We'll do it right away even. We'll jump right in. Let's make this fan friendly. Let's get the listenership uh, involved. Uh, anybody who wants to, please feel free to email us. We would love to hear from you. Um, and, and, and any topic under the sun, we, we can cover if, if, if you guys would send it in and we can uh, have a conversation. That's what this is all about. The country's starting to open up. Sports are starting to open up. There's plenty of other things to discuss, but we do want to hear from you guys, and we want to hear about topics that you want to hear about. I know there's a pretty consistent listenership uh, with our program and and other people tune in here and there, but uh, with our listeners, again, we we want to include all of you, and anything you want to discuss, feel free to email us anytime you want. We operate through the Anchor app. As you are well aware, you can listen to our program through the Anchor app, uh, you can also listen to us on Apple Spotify wherever you listen to us we really appreciate your time. If you can give us uh, give us a like or make us your favorite on the anchor app that's just clicking on a star it really helps with our program and just to kind of know who our fan base is. And uh, who, who's all listening out there. So thank you to everybody. Can't say it enough. Really looking forward to the interview with Rick Johnson tomorrow. Guys, we are more than halfway through this week now. We're more than halfway through the month of June. Uh, it'll be Independence Day then and, and July before you know it. Uh, I can't believe that. But time's moving right along. And it it's a tribute to the, having this program to do every single day include, uh, interviews with you guys and just, just make you all a part of it. It's really helped us, uh, helped me at least get through this uh, difficult time. We're all in, we're all going in through together. Thank you so much. Uh, let's, uh, continue to, to make it happen and get more shows out. And again, we'd love to hear from you guys. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.